0: The hottest games, right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at high High
1: Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary, void where
2: prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high the number five casino.com. High Five Casino. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See
3: att.com slash iPhone for details. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.
4: School of Humans.
1: In this series, we've already talked about the roles that animals play in the search for new diseases and in vaccine development. This coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, most likely came from a bat originally, and then maybe found its way to another animal on the way to humans. SARS-1 came from bats via Asian palm civets, while MERS came from bats, jumped to camels, then to us. HIV came from primates, and lots of human diseases are spread by mosquitoes like malaria, Zika, dengue, West Nile, and yellow fever. Some vaccines are grown in chicken eggs or even passed through blended animal organs. In 1885, the modern era of immunization was brought in when Louis Pasteur injected spinal cord material from rabbits into a nine-year-old boy to protect him from getting rabies. Today, in the early stages of development, prospective vaccines are always tested on animals. For safety, to make sure they won't kill or sicken the person who gets it. For immune response, to make sure the vaccine induces the right kind of antibodies and T-cell responses from the body. For dosage, to see how much vaccine is needed to induce the right responses and to tinker with the formula to see what kind of ingredients will make the vaccine last longer and, in general, work better. Both the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines were tested in mice and rhesus macaques at various points, although because of the urgency of the pandemic, some of these animal trials were happening alongside the human trials. The Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine is based on a virus found in chimpanzee poop, and another vaccine in the works was based on a virus found in gorilla feces. Researchers in Belgium are using antibodies from llamas to create even more protection against coronavirus. Animals have also been affected by coronavirus. Cats and dogs have gotten the virus. So have gorillas and otters. Nadia the tiger at the Bronx Zoo got it. In New South Wales, Australia, 15 dogs on their way to a shelter were killed by authorities to protect humans from spreading COVID during the handoff. And in Denmark, 17 million minks were cold when 200 farms found coronavirus outbreaks among their animals. Almost as soon as this pandemic began, you started hearing stories about COVID pets. About how the loneliness of coronavirus created an opening of arms, from humans to dogs and cats especially. About how we weren't just using animals to get us out of the pandemic, but how we were using them to get through it. In this episode, we're going to talk to an American living in Sweden who opened her arms to a new puppy. And she'll tell us how it didn't work out as planned. Not even close. This story might make some people mad. But before you listen, I ask you to put yourself in the shoes of our storyteller. If you can't, and you're so mad you have to shout at someone, send me an angry tweet at Sean Revive. From iHeartRadio and School of Humans, I'm Sean Revive, and this is Long Shot.
4: My name is Marina. I live in Gothenburg, Sweden, which is the second largest and first best city in Sweden. But as you can probably tell, I am American, not Swedish.
1: I should start off by telling you that Marina is a friend. My wife and I once stayed with her in Sweden over Christmas. We ate a ton of pickled fish, and because I'm like 10 years old... We joked a lot about Swedish chef. Anyway, Marina's been living in Sweden since 2016. She loves Sweden. For a long time, it was her dream to live there, and she's finally doing it. The first case of COVID 19 in Sweden comes in January 2020. And then there are no more cases until late February. And there is no confirmed community spread until March. But by April, a state epidemiologist of Sweden says that he believes between 5 and 10% of Swedes are already carrying the virus. Marina works for a big Swedish tech company and eventually stops going to the office and starts working from home.
4: Working from home, my daily life was like waking up. Like Sometimes I would get dressed, sometimes I'd just wear pajamas all day. Sometimes I'd go take a walk, sometimes I wouldn't. Like, I, I was having a really hard time sticking to any sort of schedule because the days were all the same and there was nothing to do.
1: For years, Marina thought about getting a dog. And, like a lot of people, coronavirus and the loneliness that comes with it is the turning point.
4: I was just at my wit's end, like, so sick of just being by myself. So, I decided, like, now is the time. I'll get a dog, I can be at home and, you know, train the dog. It seemed like a good idea.
1: She has a few reasons for wanting a dog. One, companionship. Someone to be around the house with. Two, giving her life some structure. Taking a dog on walks, giving the dog food.
4: It would give me something to focus on that wasn't just me. Then also this idea of You know, I've lived in Sweden five years and it has been challenging to make friends here and have a community. And I thought that by getting a dog, I would be able to meet other dog owners and, like, it would open up my life in the human sense as
1: well. But the problem is, a lot of people in Sweden and millions of people across the globe see the pandemic as a good reason to get a dog.
4: So it was impossible to... Like, get a dog for love or money. Like, no matter how much you were willing to pay, there were just like no dogs available.
1: A friend tells her that he got his dog via a site called Blockit. It's like a Swedish Craigslist. You can buy and sell stuff on there. You can also find a pet from individual owners.
4: So, that wasn't my first choice, but I decided to go with it because it seemed like the only way I could get a dog here. So, I had message a bunch of people, like, none of the dogs worked out. They were just like being snapped up really quickly. There's a really hot dog market. So finally, when I uh, found this super cute little black and white French bulldog puppy, I was so excited. I messaged the woman, gave her my whole spiel. And it was like interviewing for an apartment. Like I had to sell her on choosing me as the dog owner. I sort of leaned on being American cuz Swedish people kind of like Americans by default. So I was like, I live here and I live alone and I just would really love a dog. I think it would really help me like integrate into Swedish society.
1: <laughs> Marina's sales pitch works and she gets the dog. But the dog is 2 hours away and she doesn't have a car or a driver's license.
4: So I asked a friend of mine, um, a Swedish friend, to drive me there to pick up the dog. So she agreed and we rented a car, went down there, little road trip.
1: She meets the dog in person.
4: He's adorable. Um, he's a bit freaked out, obviously, because a stranger is taking him, but he seemed okay. He was fine in the car. So he picked him up. I, you know, paid for him, got all his dog paperwork, etc. It seemed fine. Like the woman seemed normal and I took him home.
1: Finally, she has a dog, a companion during these shitty times. But the shitty times aren't over. high
5: five
2: casino
6: you're probably careful with your personal information but what about the other places that have it like the doctor's office that mixed up your files they have your social security number the power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses and the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info your information is in endless places out of your control Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed or your money back, with plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. This is it.
5: Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: So Marina is home in her apartment, no longer alone, but with her new puppy. Before she even gets him, she does what she calls a name storm, Basically a brainstorming for a name, with ranking based on various criteria she comes up with roscoe
4: yeah so he's a french bulldog like really cute little pointy bat ears black and white fur a cute little black nose and these like little puppy paws that are a bit like out of proportion with his body so they felt kind of like big for him but he was quite thin when i got him so i was like trying to fatten him up a little bit But very sweet with, like, the most quintessential, like, puppy eyes. You know, he would look up at you and be, like, the cutest.
1: Marina quickly figures out that Roscoe might need more attention than an average puppy. When she picked him up, the owner told Marina that Roscoe was already housebroken. He is not.
4: So he immediately just started peeing everywhere and being a puppy and... And at first I thought, like, oh, it's because he's, like, freaked out. He's in this new environment. He's not used to me. Like, I thought it was just how puppies were, not having had a dog before.
1: The next few days are chaos. Day and night, all day and night, Marina is on dog duty.
4: He wouldn't sleep through the night, he wanted to play all the time, he wanted to chew on everything, like things that sound like so obvious to experienced dog owners. I was going through it for the first time. Both because of the lack of sleep, because of his weird hours, but also just like taking him out to pee a hundred times a day and he was peeing way more than was normal, but I just didn't realize it at first. But he's he was so so cute and he started like bonding with me and we were getting along as well as can be given just how much work he
1: he was. By the fourth day with Roscoe, Marina is exhausted, abnormally exhausted. And at first, she thinks it's just a lack of sleep from taking care of the new puppy at all hours.
4: So by Wednesday, I was feeling like really run down and just tired. And I thought it was just because of this like Change in my life with the dog and not being prepared to have a puppy. But then I get a call from my friend Sarah, the one that I went to pick him up with, and she said that she had tested positive for COVID and that I had been exposed. So I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to get a test.
1: She's able to get a test the next day at a clinic down the street. But
4: then I came home and I'm like, now what? Like, I may or may not have COVID, I have this dog. I still have to take the dog outside, it's cruel to like not take him on walks. So I spent that first day just like furiously contacting doctors and like anyone that I thought might have an answer to this, like, am I allowed to go outside? Can I leave my apartment? And if I can't, what the hell am I going to do?
1: You're probably thinking, wait, isn't Sweden at this point world famous for its lack of a lockdown? for its nationwide experiment in creating coronavirus herd immunity? That isn't exactly true. It is true that through October 2020, Sweden had not imposed any strict laws for its citizens. While other European countries are in full lockdown mode, with legal implications for those who break the rules, Swedes can still go to bars and restaurants, and Swedish kids can go to school. But as daily coronavirus cases start to explode, from just a few hundred in September to more than 3,000 a day in late October, Sweden's National Health Agency recommends stricter measures in harder-hit regions, including Gothenburg. They're still just recommendations. But on October 29th, the day before Marina finds out she's been exposed to coronavirus on her road trip, residents are asked to stop going to most indoor places. And for those who actually test positive for COVID-19, there are special rules. But Marina, for now, is just trying to get a jump on things in case she tests positive.
4: So I finally got the okay from various powers that be that as long as I stayed away from other humans and dogs, I could take him outside. But he's a puppy. He doesn't understand this. Like, he wants to go sniff other dogs' butts and, like, go near other people. So I had to really be careful to, like, keep him on leash and just, like, keep him away from from people while I was waiting for the test result.
1: Which she gets on October 31st.
4: So happy Halloween to me. Turns out I did have COVID. I still had a puppy and now I had to just be at home until I no longer had COVID, you know, however long that took.
1: For two weeks, Marina mostly stays inside her apartment with Roscoe. It's a third floor walk up with one bedroom and a balcony pretty big for one person, but still a Swedish apartment.
4: I would take him, you know, to do his business on the balcony, take him on walks twice a day, but it became, like, incredibly stressful because not only was I feeling like increasingly more sick, but he still demanded all this time and attention and energy. So I had a cough, I had um, like aches and pains, some diarrhea, like it, it felt kind of like a food poisoning plus a flu at the same time, type of a situation.
1: Marina is stuck at home and feels like total shit. And then things get even worse when Roscoe gets sick too.
4: So in addition to his like weird, like peeing all the time, he started throwing up his food and had like some weird poop and stuff. And I'm like, oh no, like what do I do? Cause I can't take him to the vet. Cause I have COVID.
1: She finds an app that allows her to get a telemedicine appointment, but for dogs.
4: I was able to talk to a vet over the app, and so I had several appointments that way, just asking like, is this normal puppy stuff?
1: The vets tell her they can't know exactly what's wrong with Roscoe without examining him. But she can't get him examined because she has to quarantine until she's not contagious.
4: So then during this time, like the two weeks that we were like cooped up in my apartment, He woke up in the middle of the night and started throwing up. And I'm like, crap, it's three in the morning. I just like went to bed not too long ago. Like, I'm exhausted. Now I have to clean up dog barf. I'm cleaning up this dog barf, and and then it turns out there are worms in it. And I was just like, just kill me now. Like, my dog has worms, like literal living worms, because this is a thing that dogs can get. So luckily, I had some more medication for him already. So I gave him that. But I'm, that was like one of the lowest moments where I was just like, my apartment is disgusting. It's full of COVID. It's full of like dog pee. It's full of like, you know, puke with worms in it. Like, this is just so
1: gross. So now Marina's got COVID and her puppy is puking up worms. And she can't really do much about it. Plus, she's starting to question if Roscoe's previous owner lied to her.
4: He hadn't been trained at all. Like, he didn't know how to walk on a leash. He didn't know a lot of basic dog stuff that he should know by being six months old. So then I started thinking, like, was he just not taken care of? Like, did someone mistreat him? His temperament was very sweet. He just, like, didn't know anything about how to be a dog.
1: So for a couple of weeks, Marina's sick and Roscoe's sick. But eventually, Marina starts feeling better. Her fever goes away and her cough becomes mild. Her doctor tells her she can stop quarantining.
4: That was like the big day for me because I could go out and do all the things I needed to do. And the number one thing I needed to do was take Roscoe to the vet to see if there was something wrong with him or what was up with his situation.
1: The vet tells her that Roscoe had been underfed by his previous owners but he seems relatively healthy otherwise. She isn't sure why he's peeing so much, but she gives Marina some special food to help with the puking.
4: In Sweden, all dogs have an ID chip that's like put into their little puppy bodies to like identify them if they get lost.
1: It's true. All Swedish dogs need to have a chip or a tattoo marked with a unique ID number, and they have to be registered in the Swedish Board of Agriculture's dog register. The register keeps a record of popular names for Swedish dogs. Molly and Bella are the most common in 2020. Luda and Siga are close behind. So in addition to the chip, Roscoe also has a little puppy passport. And it turns out his chip number doesn't match the number in his passport. They're one digit off, one digit.
4: And I'm like, why is that? And she's like, I don't know. But her whole demeanor changed and she was like, you need to get this sorted ASAP because it is not allowed for you to be in Sweden with a a dog that isn't properly registered.
1: She leaves the vet appointment wondering how the hell she got into this mess.
4: Maybe he was smuggled in. Maybe that would explain all his health issues that he had come from some, like, Eastern European puppy mill, and I had bought him without knowing any of this. So I went home, and I'm like, I really don't know what to do. Like, I don't know, how do I resolve this situation? Like, who do I talk to to get my dog legal?
1: With no idea what to do next, she calls the police. A detective tells her to bring the dog into the station.
4: The first day I was free to leave my apartment, I went to the vet. The second day I was free to leave my apartment, I went to the police station downtown with my dog.
1: The Swedish detective there doesn't know what to do either. But he calls the Swedish Department of Agriculture and they tell Marina to go home and wait for their call.
4: I come home, give Roscoe a new toy because he's been such a champ about all of these trips and he doesn't know what's happening, but he's been like really cooperative as I lug him all over town.
1: That night, she gets a call from a woman at the Department of Agriculture. She explains to Marina that if the chip ID number doesn't match the doggy passport number, then she has only two choices. And they both completely suck.
4: Option one is you can do a two-month quarantine with a dog in which he has to stay in your home not be around any other humans or animals. And we reserve the right to, like, check up on you. And if you break the rules of the quarantine, there are legal consequences. So I'm like, okay, that seems really extreme. Two whole months of that and I live alone in an apartment. Like, it wouldn't be easy in the best of situations.
1: So while already living in quarantine, or Sweden's relatively mild version of it, She's told that one option for Roscoe is to do an extreme two-month quarantine with an unhousebroken, worm-puking, adorable puppy with no help from friends, family, or even a vet.
4: And option two was that I could choose to put him down. And I'm like, is there option three? Is there option zero? Like, help me out here. Is there anything else we can do? I explained the situation that I still am getting over COVID. I'm an American. I don't have, like, anyone living here to help me. It wouldn't be easy, and not to mention taking two months off of work. And just, like, the cruelty of not letting a puppy, like, be around other dogs. It just seemed like even if it were possible, it would suck. And it would, like, harm his emotional development as a dog to do this.
1: They give Marina 24 hours to make a decision. Quarantine or put Roscoe down?
5: The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com.
1: Pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woo-hoo! So that's a yes on the Apple
0: Pie? I just went big time playing High 5 Casino on my phone! Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200
1: games, yeah! So yes or no on the Apple Pie? Woo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around.
5: Have you had your High 5 moment today? Only at high 5 High 5 Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High 5 Casino. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback
0: That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's kni
4: So at first I was thinking like there has to be another way. And so all of my friends and sisters are like trying to dream up like other alternatives, like Maybe he can go stay in a kennel. Maybe there's a friend who can take him. And I'm like, no, they specifically said he's, like, not allowed to leave my apartment.
1: Marina is also living in Sweden on a visa. So she's nervous about doing anything that can get her kicked out of the country.
4: So I slept on it. I cried. I snuggled him. I was, like, a mess. And then the next day, I woke up and I, I, was, I would just, like, start crying at any moment and poor roscoe like he knew something was wrong and he would come up to me and like lick my hand and like try to comfort me and and i'm like oh god i'm like trying to decide like do i keep you alive or not
1: but she has to make a decision the 24 hours go by extremely fast
4: and then ultimately i realized like i am not healthy enough to do this like i am still recovering from COVID. I am not well, and without any help, I won't be able to do this. I'm going to get sicker. He's going to get sicker. And the thing that really kind of tipped the scales for me was thinking of, like, just how cruel it was to him to keep him cooped up with me in the apartment without access to the medical care that he needed. Like, he needed to go back to the vet for more tests, and I wasn't going to be allowed to take him even to the vet
1: So Marina makes an incredibly difficult choice.
4: I called the vet again to make a second appointment, and the second appointment was to have him put down.
1: The next day, she tries to give Roscoe the best morning of his life. She gives him all his favorite treats, takes him on a walk, gives him extra cuddles. All the things he loves.
4: I was really struggling to keep my own emotions in check, and I didn't want that to, like, worry him, so it was just really awful. So I put him back in the carrier, call another Uber.
1: At the vet's office, everyone is really kind and empathetic.
4: So you go there, they check you in, they take you to a a special room that's sort of like a private room where you can be with your dog, just the two of you. Because it's Sweden and they love candles, there was a, a lit candle in there, so it's almost just like chapel feeling, in a way.
1: There's a high table covered with a blanket. But Marina can't let Roscoe out of her arms yet.
4: He liked it when I would hold him, so I just had him in my arms to the point that my arms started getting really sore. But I, like, refused to put him down.
1: But then the nurse comes in and explains what's going to happen. First, they'll give him a sedative to make him calm. Then once it's taken effect, they'll give Roscoe a second injection. And that's the one that kills him.
4: I put him on the table and, like, patted his fur and, like, stroked behind his ears as he got the first shot. Then he started getting really sleepy uh, to the point that because of the sedative, like, he wasn't able to stand up on his legs anymore. So he's just sort of, like, laying there and I'm petting him. And then the, the veterinarian came in and gave the second shot. And I remember just, like, looking at him and, like, one moment he was alive and then the next moment he wasn't. You know, and and it's hard to explain, but even though his body was exactly the same outwardly, like, you could just tell he's not alive anymore.
1: There's no pain for Roscoe in his last moments. Only for Marina. They leave her in the room alone.
4: And I just, like, cried like a maniac and... And I had a mask on at this point, so like my, the inside of my mask was all snotty and like tears everywhere. And it was very uncomfortable to just cr- cry that hard with a mask on. <laughs> so that's another kind of like COVID reality is like you can't even properly cry. You can't ugly cry in the same way because you're going to get snot all over your mask.
1: She stays in the room for about 15 minutes. Then she thanks the staff at the vet and then leaves and walks all the way home.
4: On that walk back, I I passed so many people with dogs. And just knowing that, like, well, they have their dog. Like, why can't I have my dog? It was just so intense. Like, getting the dog, falling in love with the dog, and then losing the dog in such quick succession. My head was spinning, and and my heart just hurt. (laughs) Even though I feel like I made the right call to put him down. It was really really hard to do had it not been covid if i would have been able to rely on more help from friends or get him to a kennel or you know if there wasn't a pandemic i might have found a workaround but i wasn't able to
1: she gets home and the apartment is a mess
4: the apartment is like a tornado hit it it's full of like puppy things everywhere all sorts of puppy things that hadn't even been opened or used and I spent that first day just like putting everything into trash bags and boxes and figuring out what I can give away and basically like getting my apartment back to how it was before I brought him home the month before but even now I still have a bunch of puppy things in the closet that I don't know what to do
1: with. Roscoe went to doggy heaven late in 2020.
4: I went through a period of essentially grief, because when you lose someone you love, even if it's a dog, like there are gonna be moments where you're sad. And I was emotionally and physically exhausted afterwards and still kind of recovering. And then I went through a period of what I had assumed was like grief slash just decompressing from this. But it kept going on and on and on. And so finally, by like early January, I knew something was wrong. And I talked to my doctor again and I said that I was worried I was depressed because I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I was tired. Like it just didn't feel it didn't feel like COVID, but it didn't feel normal. So that's when I found out after a series of medical appointments that not only did I have COVID, but then I got what is called long COVID.
1: If you aren't familiar with how life-destroying long COVID can be for some people, we covered it two episodes ago.
4: For me, it was manifesting as a lot of, like, mental health stuff and just exhaustion, fatigue. Also weird things like I started getting headaches, which I never got before. I had like weird body temperature regulation issues, like I would feel cold all the time. Looking back even now, I don't know how much of like my post-COVID health problems were tied to this long COVID thing versus just tied to like emotional exhaustion slash depression from going through this like really hard experience in such a concentrated time. I think essentially it was so stressful and so much Anxiety and effort in such a concentrated period that it sort of like shot my nervous system and it's taken me months to get past it. I would not recommend to anyone else to get COVID at all, but also to get an unhousebroken puppy and COVID on the same day was just sheer bad luck, you know.
1: In getting Roscoe, Marina was looking for companionship, both dog and human while living in a foreign country. She was also looking for structure during a time when structure completely broke down because of the pandemic. I think, like a lot of new pet owners, she thought her pet would open up new worlds.
4: In a slightly different world, I would have gotten all those things I wanted. But in a COVID world, I didn't get any of them.
1: On the next episode of Long Shot, We'll hear about a new, lower-cost vaccine being developed for COVID-19, one that could help poorer countries worldwide get access. Longshot is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. Today's episode was produced, written, and narrated by me, Sean Revive. My co-producer is Gabby Watts. Yay! Special thanks to Noel Brown at iHeartRadio, Amy Shirtleff, and Cleo Kantorabdi. Executive producers are Virginia Prescott, Elsie Crowley, and Brandon Barr. Fact-checking for this episode is by Adam Pshadu. Longshot was scored by Jason Shannon. The score was mixed by Vic Stafford. Sound design and audio mix was by Harper Harris with Tune Welders.
4: School of Humans.